0: Push aside your McDonald's. It's time for the DC3 cast. I am Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We're going to talk about the comics released on the 16th of January, 2019. Starting with Detective Comics number 996, written by Peter Tomasi, illustrated by Doug Monkey. Vince, you're the one who wanted to talk about this book. <laughs> so you start us off. Well, now I'm talking about tech. Now I'm wondering why. <laughs> No, um,
1: well, it's not a very good issue of a Batman comic. I'll start there.
2: Those are getting harder to come by,
1: yeah, yeah, it's weird,
2: even the though good even Batman hard he... is hard is hard to find yeah.
0: <laughs> even though uh even I love the Flattery Batman reached... reference. Thank you, Zach, <laughs> even though
1: Batman reached new heights in twenty eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh Mm, fuck me yeah Yeah. no but there is a lot to talk about in this issue um i think something that we we kind of kicked around the idea that uh dc was focusing on some very iconic elements uh, when it came to batman over the last couple weeks in the build-up to the 1000th issue. And that included, like, the beginning of this arc called Mythology concerned the killing or the the kind of, uh, what would you call it, like a duplication or a mock-up of the, of the Wayne murder, right. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Come to think of it, we had a, a fake Wayne murder in tech. We had a mm-hmm. fake Wayne murder in Batman. And we had a fake Wayne murder and Batman Who Laughs all in the last month.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Wow, okay. And I think, if you if you think, I, I spent a lot of time this week thinking about how the run-up to Detective 1000 feels a lot different than the run-up to Action 1000. To me, it feels like Action had a lot more fanfare. Would you guys agree? Yeah,
2: I mean, it, well, it was the culmination of a fan-favorite run, so... <laughs>
0: oh these shit balls (laughs) yeah it was but it was also like it it was kind of like two years worth of superman stories getting wrapped up yeah that was part of it and also it was the first to reach a thousand and i think it was also dc was using it as an excuse to put a to shine a spotlight on superman when they don't typically do that whereas batman is almost always in the spotlight so this mm-hmm. doesn't feel too much different than like a regular week.
1: Yeah, so so that was going to be my next point, which is that like the the run up to Action 1000 was very much based around like hey, we're we're giving you Superman's undies back. We're setting everything right with this continuity. We're melding these many ideas of Superman into one uh character. We've brought back his family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Batman, Batman, and Green Lantern were like the two characters that pretty much have remained untouched continuity-wise, uh, from pre-Flashpoint to now, right? Right? Yeah. So the build-up to Detective One Thousand feels really weird to me. It's it's like there's it's like um, you know there there's n- especially considering Tom King kind of has control of Batman right now and he's and he's doing the big thing over over in the Batman comic it's almost like you can't do too much with him over here you know and and it's also like well batman's always successful so why would we mess around with him very much anyway you know so it's it feels like a completely different approach that doesn't feel as momentous and i know a lot of people disagree with us on to, on Tom King's run but i also think like for us these are two con, like the ma- two main Batman titles running concurrently that aren't very good right now. <laughs> and we're we're heading into Detective Comics one thousand. For my money, Batman's in the lousiest place he's been in a while. Um
2: and yeah, I guess I, your, I guess I your d- pitch about uh uh capitalist bruce dying to socialism <laughs> i think is the it's the is the take we need post 1000 to really make this character relevant again
1: yeah just batman flying around uh in just cape and tatters uh having his billions been expropriated um to serve the common good and uh oh. he eventually dies because of it
2: we we joke but i honestly think that that could be just Somebody, somebody needs to do that as a, as like an Elseworld event or something. It <laughs> needs to it. happen. It's the story that has to be told.
1: I'm going to do it. Dirtbag left is doing the, doing a Batman, uh, uh, <laughs> taken apart by communism set against <laughs> Tom King, CIA man <laughs> writing Batman as a cop. Um, that's how but it's going to ve- go.
2: But he's very poor.
1: <laughs> yes, yep.
2: <laughs> or Batman, maybe, is the take we need now.
1: I mean, there's been a poor Iron Man, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Has there been a poor Batman? I, I I don't know. I'm sure they've done it before, but not in any, like, meaningful... They haven't explored what that would mean. They just, like, I'm sure there's been a story where, like... Whoop, a Wayne uh, <clears throat> Enterprises is closing yeah. down, yeah. and... <laughs> But Batman still like operates unfettered. They need to do one where like Batman's operation is under threat from from Bruce Wayne being poor and he's got to like scrap together. That's what they should do. Um, You know how have you ever read uh, Darren Aronofsky's pitch for his Batman movie? I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. No, Batman. Like if I remember correctly, Batman's like not a rich millionaire or something. He's like, he scraps together all this stuff. Cause he's kind of like a mechanic in some ways. I could, be, I could be messing it up or mixing it with something else I've read, but is he,
0: is he from it, like a, uh, like, is he, is he from like Eastern Europe in this pitch?
1: Maybe. I don't oh, know. Sorry.
0: Sorry. I'm thinking of Locker from taxi. Oh.
1: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Well now I want to see uh Andy Kaufman's uh Bruce Wayne.
0: Thank you very much, Alfred.
1: <laughs> no, but like Batman scra- essentially scraps together his Batman persona like just by being by by being MacGyver basically. I think was the pitch. Uh-huh. And that's what I kind of want to see. I want to kind of see like Bruce Wayne's company come under fire, and then, but it also affects Batman, and he actually has to like, you see it kind of shattering how he operates as Batman, how he he loses, he can't pay his internet bill or something. <laughs>
0: so, like, well, I mean, in in a sort of you know, um, I mean, it, it's been ten minutes since we tried to kiss up to Grant Morrison, so we should probably do that now. But I was going to say, like, <laughs> I I feel like Batman Inc. is the first step of that. Batman Inc. is the first step of Bruce Wayne committing his money to not just being Batman, but trying to improve the world through his money. Does that make sense? Like, instead of using his money to fund Batman to make the world better, he's using his money to make the world better. So I feel like if you took that to a, a further extreme and he just says, you know what? It's not Batman Inc. we need. It's we need Wayne money setting up schools and hospitals and all of that. And almost like, does Batman need to exist when when a billionaire can uh, can can help his community?
2: Well, you know, we're not going to talk about it in great depth, but uh, Snyder's almost kind of alluding to that a little bit in um, the Batman Who Laughs right now with these alternate Batman who are. Doing much better thing. Well, are you well, doing yeah. very great things and living happy lives seemingly
0: without being Batman? Right. hmm Yeah. And that's kind of Tom King's whole point with uh, Flashpoint Batman too. Sure. Yep.
2: Uh, man, maybe uh, Batman just sucks right now because Batman <laughs> actually sucks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, but, but let's talk about this, this tech issue, since we haven't touched on one goddamn thing in the book yet. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: um, so I think last week we were all sort of toying with the idea of Leslie Tompkins not actually being dead. Do we feel differently this week?
1: I guess I do now, I think.
0: Mm.
2: I guess... Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she, she might really be dead. Cause I don't yeah. feel like, uh, so I guess spoilers do card bites it here too. Um, and I don't really feel like they're going to go out of their way to bring him back.
1: Mm-hmm. And the, And then the fact that, you know, Alfred is put in peril, but he doesn't die or kick the bucket, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a distinction there that that uh that makes Leslie Tompkins' death feel at least somewhat semi-permanent. I mean, someday we'll see her again because that's just how the way these things go, right. you know. But for the time being, yes, I do believe it was real. Yep.
0: That makes me dislike this book even more. But yeah.
1: Um... Yep. And such little fanfare then from like uh you know the websites or whatever <laughs> yeah
0: uh, i have a question is it how so does maybe... mr freeze get such great abs no cuz he he is he is ripped in the first page of this book um that's P- p90 because... p90 ice oh. Oh, 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 oh it's
2: probably because he's so cold all the time he probably has higher amounts of uh brown adipose tissue which causes him to burn more calories and uh stay more toned
0: okay you were gonna say zach (laughs)
2: um what was i gonna say i lost oh 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 oh. um uh vince uh, um batman uh expert extraordinaire (laughs) was the blue flower thing a thing before christopher nolan oh god i have you has it been Uh... in any of the detective comics that you have read
1: Detective Comics is not great for it has some of the the Ra's al ghoul stuff but most of that happens in Batman.
2: Okay.
1: Uh which I have not read those old issues of.
2: This uh it's just funny we were talking about, you know, like hitting the greatest hits or whatever and this this issue doubles down really hard on Christopher Nolan Batman. Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. But also goes back to uh, Tomasi's Batman and Robin run.
1: Yes, it does. Yep, yep, very much so. Which I totally forgot about. Ducard's son. Dude. What was uh, Morgan? Yeah. Morgan. And then let's talk. Can we talk about that final page? Sure. Or the final.
2: Oh, sequence? that was wild. Who's writing this? Tom King.
1: <laughs> but that's like that's Thaddeus Brown, who we like barely. I mean, he's he's he was the original Mister Miracle, yeah, right? That
0: is that yeah. is the third most important Mister Miracle in DC Comics.
1: Yeah, who's been in like only seven issues of a DC comic ever, I think, something like that.
2: Does he have a history in Detective Comics?
1: Mm, not that I know, no.
2: That makes this very weird.
1: Yeah, it, I started thinking about that. If this is if this is about um. Like, them going after all the people who made Batman. Like, what role would Thaddeus Brown pay in this? And I just think, like, well, he kind of helped make Scott Free, Mr. Miracle. But unless there's a, a greater DCU-wide arc going on here, what does that have to do with Batman?
0: You Yeah, know? That's, that's what I didn't understand. Like, you know, Ducard, Tompkins... Uh, Alfred, those are all people you can point to that have very specific roles in the history of Batman. I don't see how this plays any role in that, and I think it's just kind of muddying the waters for those. Like this, this, this takes you away from the concept that they're trying to pitch, and so it, it, it really—I I just don't get it. Did you instantly know who that was, Zach? I mean, obviously he's wearing a Mr. Miracle costume, but are you familiar enough with... Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, like, I I thought so. Like, he is, like, the Mr. Miracle who takes in Scott Free, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I I did know him from that, because I have... I haven't read all of the... All of Kirby's Mr. Miracle, but I've read, like, the first three or four issues, I think. Um because I did, I had, do you remember those, like, Fourth World Omnibuy yes. that DC did? Yes. Um, I had the first one of those. Um, never collected the rest. Those were not in print very long.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. See, there, that's a character, like, I, I knew the name, I knew, I knew what you said. I knew <laughs> that he took in Scott Free and that Scott took over his name. And that Oberon was his mm-hmm. manager before, uh... Before he was Scots and all that, and I knew that, but I could not figure out, for the life of me, why he was in tech. Like yeah, that, me either. It didn't really make any sense to me. Uh, but yeah, so there was that. I uh, I thought it was pretty funny how Ducard is like literally uh, has t- discarded cans of spam everywhere. <laughs> he says, "Like, look at this spam. Am I uh, my former criminal empire with all this spam?" He's drinking his own pee. Yeah, it's like a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, this is a it's a weird comic. Yeah, I I, I don't know what Tomasi is really trying to do here. yeah i
2: don't either no i mean yeah. <laughs> uh uh yeah i don't know this i don't know i don't i don't care much for this villain whatever it is well it's don't like worry because thing
1: don't worry because pretty soon they're going to replace that villain with the arkham knight oh my uh, gosh and then you're in right
0: yeah, then I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm all in. Then hear me now. There will be an Arkham Knight ongoing series by the time 2020 hits. <laughs> Not ongoing. It will be. It will be a six issue miniseries. Oh no! It'll be announced as an ongoing.
1: <laughs> it's gonna get a hundred issues and a and a Arkham Knight one million yep. and
0: a mo- and a movie <laughs> and a
1: movie.
0: There you go. Oh man. All right. Well, let's talk about Hawkman number eight. Written by Robert Venditti, Hawkman, illustrated by Brian Hitch. This is the issue we've been waiting for since we read issue number one. inside on that panel of a Kryptonian Hawkman. Uh, so, what did you guys think of this issue, Zach? We'll start with you. Um,
2: I I liked it quite a bit. Um, it wasn't everything I hoped it would be. I guess it was. I, I was hoping um, we would get to see a little bit more of this Kryptonian Hawkman just kind of like going about his, like his life. Um, but we, we see him that this issue is like all dialogue. It's just um, Carter and uh, what, what is this? Is, is it, is it? Qatar as well. Is it kind of like Qatar ol Ka- Qatar ol Yes. Um, just talking as Krypton is
0: blowing up. Um, yeah, that that was my big note too, Zach, because I feel like we got the one bit of Kryptonian history we all know about already, which is yeah. the end of Krypton.
2: Yeah, and then and then also this character. We, we find this character at the end of his chronology as well, so there's not a lot of, like, room to explore other things. And I thought we might end up doing something real wild with having him, like, come to the present. Yes. It kind of, like, a, hinted at that several times, actually. Like, at least twice, we kind of had that fake out. Um, but that is not what happened, unfortunately. Um, And I thought it was also weird, you know, we have all this talk about this Kryptonian super weapon that ended up just being blown up and Carter has no way of recreating it. So what's the point of that? Um, Yeah, it was it it was weird, (laughs) but not
0: it it was okay. Vince, what say you?
1: Uh, I liked it. I did not love it, you know, my anticipation for this issue, which has been teased and teased and teased, right? Um did not it, sorry, did not bear out uh to being like a, a as exciting of an issue as it was, but I thought it was really nice. Um I thought that Venditti kind of added an interesting perspective on the destruction of Krypton uh, you know, it, it. we've talked on the show before about, like, how Supergirl sees the destruction of Krypton versus uh, Superman right. because of, you know. And I feel like this is a third. It's I mean, it's never going to be as iconic or or last as long as any of these other ones. But I thought it was a nice, like, third perspective, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the art looked really great. Hitch is knocking. The, I'm not even a Hitch fan. And Hitch is knocking this book out of the park. I think this book looks incredible. I think the design work is really great. Much better like science fiction design than I
0: ever would have expected from Brian Hitch. Mhm. Agreed on that front for sure. Did yeah, you notice
2: Brian? that they included um his character from his Justice League run, his JLA run more specifically?
0: What character? Oh. Well, that maybe. uh
2: that like Rao uh Guy from the not from the the rebirth run, but from the j l a book right before rebirth the hmm. one that didn't finish until after rebirth started. where was he included? He's like in a pay he's in a a page with like all the kryptonian heroes oh, and okay people oh okay it has like Brainiac and mongol and uh the green lantern uh Nightwing and Firebird or yeah, whatever that yeah. guy's name is. He's like he's like to the right of Mongol. He he has like the white hair.
0: Oh yeah. There he is. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Mhm. Yeah. So there was one big revelation that we did not talk about. Lay it on us. It's that uh, Hawkman wrote the Scrubs theme song. <laughs> he says, I'm no Superman. Yep. <laughs> he does. That's all I got, guys. It says she was fine. It was fine. Uh, maybe he's just a fan of Scrubs. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you've lived and died that many times, you have to find joy in what you can, right? Uh, no, this issue was fine. It was, um, like like Vince said, we had built up this issue for so long that it had to be. a Yeah, big I think we were
2: really like expecting like a like a days past type issue. Yeah, um, or hoping for that, and that's not what this
0: was. So, yeah, I think it would be really cool to see. Like we've we've been given very few stories of Krypton. Before, before Jor-El getting worried about it, right? Like, most Krypton stories begin with Jor-El saying the planet's going to blow up and no one believes him. It would have been nice yeah. to see a story set before then, especially where we can see Carter and one of his ancestors like, not flying, not not fighting crime in the way we're yeah. used to seeing it, but, you know, just, just having a more, just just a very different type of of. Kryptonian story, and we'd get that too much. Yeah,
1: I guess that's kind of what I like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, we were looking forward to this a lot, and I think some of the other alternate Hawkman stories. It's interesting. I like the design of this issue, and and the the Hitch's depiction of the Kryptonian setting and yet i feel like even though it should have some more built in built in opportunity for storytelling it, it felt even slighter than some of the other alternate versions of hawkman we've got yeah you know Let, less meat on that bone more predictable but but still fine
0: yeah yeah this is fine i think overall this book is at a really interesting I'm really enjoying what this book is doing still. And I hope it keeps it up. Uh, You guys ready to pour one out? Yeah, let's do it. Pour one out for Suicide Squad, baby. Number 50, the finale. Written by Rob Williams. Illustrated by German Peralta, Brett Schooner, and Will Conrad. Uh we didn't get killer croc puking no but we How, but we man. did get captain boomerang shitting his fans <laughs> so five out of ten costumes were okay
2: you know i said uh, i would read this because it was the last one but i couldn't even bring myself to <laughs> it. yeah that when did,
1: if, did you look on the cover and see that it said like extra-sized anniversary issue i, I
2: did yeah nope. yeah i was like nope <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that was pretty grim, yeah. I must say. Oh um,
2: is it what it, did anything happen, those of you who no. read it? I see they brought back the the peanut guy who I like.
0: Yes, cosmonaut, cosmonaut that, was there. But he's but he's yeah. dead, I think. He's dead now, I think. Yeah. But he oh. was he, yeah. Uh
1: no, I, I in fact part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this issue was because it was remarkable. You know a lot of times long running uh long garbage. running garbage no long running runs on a character or a property they either end with a big bang that everything was building towards or you know more often they they wind down and they kind of reset the status quo. And I I feel like not only did this issue not really do either, because because the, the status quo had not really been shaken up that much over the course of 50 issues to begin. With, right. 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 Like we didn't really, you know, a couple new characters were introduced.
0: The aforementioned um, Cosmonaut.
1: Cosmonaut. And what was the one that like hacker?
0: Oh, that she gets referenced here. um She does. Yes. Yep. Is it just she hack? It
1: yes. might be just hack. Um, Which is a
0: hacky name for that character.
1: Yep. Yep. My, yep. Uh, but. But. Like. It, it, you know. Characters came and went. But nothing really changed all that much. And. The the craziest thing about a 50 issue run. From a pretty prominent writer. You know. A, a lot was made when Rebirth started. About Rob Williams being DC exclusive. And. You know at that time, suicide squad was a hot property and and we got this big long run that that at times we thought was pretty bad, but also looking back on it and reading this last issue, just not a lot happened at all. I mean, did it have any aside from uh Justice League versus suicide squad, which um unless tom King like pulls some weird stuff in his Batman uh that's tangentially related to that. I can't see that I can't see anybody remembering that very much.
2: Well wasn't, wasn't Pirate Josh Pirated Williamson in that? Josh Williamson did that. So I could see him doing some more th- things with that. He still seems to be pretty pretty prominent yeah. overall, you know? Yeah.
1: Maybe, but like nothing he's doing in the flash is really the reason I mentioned Tom King was because of Psycho Pirate. Yeah. Who I think was part of that.
2: What?
0: Was he? I don't remember. I, don't... Oh, I, could be...
1: I could be misremembering.
0: I feel like we've been trying to shoehorn Cycle Pirate into lots of stuff lately. Like we all thought... Yeah. Which cover... is so funny because he
2: hasn't even done anything no.
0: in Heroes in Crisis Cause, yet. Because he's not, he's not a part of it. That mask that's on the cover is the mask everybody wears in Sanctuary that we all thought was... Well, the... but I
2: think that mask is heavily fashioned by or probably like, I think my Based theory I we haven't talked about this, but yeah, I think like Bruce made that from the mask or like that technology or whatever. Here, here are those heroes in crisis theories you all have been waiting for, <laughs> uh, because that's yeah. such a big part of his Batman run,
0: yeah, um, but yeah.
1: It's just, just kind of weird how, how what little impact it feels like this has had, you know? Well,
0: uh, yeah, I, that's a definitely a good point, Vince. I wonder if some of that is that they were expecting the movie to be a big hit, and so this was set up to, like, take off after the movie conquered cinema, and then that never happened, and so they just were kind of left with this property that they didn't have any real ideas for that weren't based on capitalizing on the movie and the movie flops and they're just kind of left without a real idea for the book. Yeah. I don't know. I also, I I also wonder if Rob Williams was a bigger deal to us than he was to other folks when this was announced.
1: Uh, Well, it, it kind of depends what you mean by like bigger deal. To the general public, probably not. But don't you feel like DC was positioning him that way?
0: I think I think it felt that way in part because he was paired with Jim Lee.
1: Okay. And that it. Well, was, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. That,
0: it, yeah. I mean, he had also just come off of um, Martian
2: Manhunter. Yeah, which was very good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, that was good.
0: But to answer your question, Zach, almost nothing happens in this issue. Characters (laughs) you thought were dead aren't really dead. Any consequences you think might have been built into this last arc were undone. You know, I think you're going to see Katana move over to the Outsiders for a bit. But other than that, I think this is probably the core of your next Suicide Squad. Team, whenever that whenever that book is announced, yeah,
1: and the the last page doesn't even really feel like the like a quote unquote last page. No, it
0: doesn't. I I, I was really surprised with how anticlimactic it was.
2: I really wonder what the next incarnation of Suicide Squad is actually going
0: to look like. Like I thought this might end with Amanda Waller disbanding the Suicide Squad. Or the government finding out, you know, about the Suicide Squad. Something that would set up a new writer to do something interesting and new when they came on the book. Yeah. And none of that was there. It, everything is the same as it ever was. And while I understand that in some ways, that's that's the best gift you can give a new writer, that you're not handcuffing them into any particular storyline, but... I also don't know why any writer would want to do this again.
1: You know what I really hope for the book or for the next version of the book as somebody who's not even really a, a suicide squad guy to begin with. I just hope that whoever writes it, they're paired with an interesting artist. Like I, I feel like after a, uh, 50 issue run, which for the most part was marked by like very DC house style. And I know I bristle at that term, but like, you know, like I don't want another suicide squad series that has fill ins by Will Conrad. Right. Mm. You, know, you know what yeah. I mean? Wouldn't it be great if like the next iteration of suicide squad had like, I mean, it would be great if any DC book had this artist, but like Chris Somney, you know? Yeah. Make it like an espionage-type book that has, that has art that kind of reflects that or something like that, just something different. I don't want another Suicide Squad relaunch that is the same team and also looks the same, you know? Yeah. We were talking last week about how the DC house style has served Deathstroke really well, but I feel like if you're going to relaunch Suicide Squad, doing that again is the wrong way to go. You know. Who
0: was Alish Kott paired with on the book? Zercher. Yeah. See is not like a totally weird, you know, out there art choice for the for that title, but because mm-hmm. Cott was really out there, that combination worked really well together. I think you just need to have somebody come in and try something really, really different.
1: Yeah. Cott Cott gave Zerter really interesting things to do yes you know
0: agreed um are either of you guys particularly a fan of the classic uh john ostrander run i've not read it i haven't read much of it the little i've read i've really liked yeah. But I feel like it was also a book that felt really different at the time because mm-hmm. it was just it, it was a, a concept that wasn't really familiar. I don't know how you reinvigorate Suicide Squad as a concept right now.
2: You get uh Jonathan Eggman to write it.
0: <laughs> I mean that's the answer to everything, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or Morrison. That's what you do.
1: Oh man, Morrison Suicide Squad. I feel like I feel like that's the thing that's, like, the furthest out of his wheelhouse that's done at DC, and yet he would find a way.
2: Oh, he, yeah.
0: Yeah, agreed. Well, fare thee well, Suicide Squad. Smell you later.
1: smelling that Killer Croc barf later.
0: (laughs) And or that uh, Captain Boomerang dookie. (laughs) Well, let's talk about Superman, number seven. The the full-on return of John Kent, written by Brian Bendis, illustrated by Ivan Reyes and Brandon Peterson, and one page by Jason Fabok. Yeah. Um. So, all of us were worried that Bendis was going to write John out of the book, and...
1: Well, I don't know about that.
0: Let me, okay, let me rephrase that. Many many dc fans were worried yes. about that okay and you know it became pretty clear early on that wasn't going to do it but he was going to give clark from space some space from john for a while but he's back he's uh like 17 now and uh he's good again he's good
1: again yeah
0: yeah he's he's
2: still good i really enjoyed this issue This issue was really good, I thought. I think this is the best issue of the week. Definitely. Yeah, hands down. Um, I really don't know what to say about this issue. Um, (laughs) There's a lot to say. (laughs) I
0: I really enjoyed uh, John almost seeing his mom's boobs. Yes. So so
1: I wanted to talk about that because remember Uh – yeah. The heroes in crisis thing we talked about how tonally that was extremely creepy and weird uh the way that they were positioning lois in that scene and then i feel like in this c- scene bendis goes for like a sexy moment between uh lois and clark but is it not just like t- perfectly tone appropriate for
2: it's it's the cute. situation it, yeah yeah it's it's like very sweet and and like Clark's reaction is just
0: perfect. That yep. face is great, yeah. That's one of the things I said to Bendis when I talked to him last week was just like every single issue there is at least one panel where he nails the perfect Clark moment and th- uh-huh. that is this issue's Clark moment <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, love it Uh, So we have that yeah. We have confirmation that Jorel's nuts. Yeah. Which, which
1: I'm dying to know what that means. Yes. Agreed. A little more.
0: Uh, we have confirmation that tater tots are an intergalactic delicacy.
1: Who, who would have thought that in the year 2019, we would have a comic where Jorel is ordering tater tots from a food truck. Yeah.
2: I I want to talk about the the Jorel thing because I feel like that was in the internet comments the the, um, the refrain was like oh Bendis like is ignoring what's come before now like
1: well he clearly didn't Jor- read Dan Jurgens he, he obviously
2: <laughs> didn't read it because uh, uh, yeah um, but this like is in line with that
1: yeah totally totally. This is a
0: really I'm, good I, follow up to that Jurgen's run. Yeah. I don't I, we
1: we've, we've said this on the show before, but I don't understand why every why when Bendis was coming to DC, everyone was worried about, oh Bendis is going to do things the Bendis way and he's going to spoil all these stories that are going on. Because as annoyed as I've been with Bendis over the course of his Marvel work, The one thing I can say about him is that he was always a team player. Always. He was always creating events and collaborating with other writers and building off of things that were happening in other books. It happened constantly. So I don't understand where that came from other than people were just inventing reasons to be mad at Bendis or or skeptical of him other than like the actual good reasons for being skeptical. Yeah. Of him.
0: Can I <laughs> right, can I right. actually interrupt here for for a second and talk about Bendis? Yeah. I, I just want to point people to the, the multiversitycomics.com direction to read my interview with Bendis. But there's one thing I think you guys are gonna love in that interview, and that's that he's talking about Young Justice and he's talking about working with Pat Gleason, and he said that Gleason signed up to do action with him. And that after a few issues together, they were having fun, but Bendis realized that Gleason and Tomasi, it was more than just a job for them. That like their relationship was as important to Gleason as it was that he was doing Superman stories. And so Bendis actually requested that Gleason come with him to Young Justice so that he didn't like ruin his memory of working with his friend. Aww, oh. and is not like the sweetest thing you've ever heard. Like it was, it was it was, a, yeah. it was really interesting. But it gave me a really interesting insight into Bendis. he, he said like. You know, I'm not friends with all of my artists. He said, like I have, I'm not friends with Stuart Eminem, He said, you know, he didn't say he didn't like him. He said, like you know, he's just, you know, they're not friends. But there are other people that become really close friends, and how it was important for him to respect that friendship because that friendship and that working relationship is more important than the book. Mm. And talking about being a team player, I feel like that's that's a pretty perfect team player thing to say. And uh, everybody should, should go read that interview. I am very proud of it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um sorry. Anyway,
1: I'll do that if I can figure out what the website is.
0: Multiversitycomics.com.
1: I'll see if I can try to spell that. Okay.
0: It's no harder to spell than Ostrowski. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh so what else do we like about this issue?
2: Um I had forgotten that uh Clark had given Lois his new fifty two costume to wear. That was pretty great.
1: Yep. The Lobo bit was funny.
2: Yep. The Lobo bit was very good, yeah.
0: Um I also loved Lois being crowded in that like city. Of people like looking for help, mm-hmm. I thought that was a very yep. realistic and fun moment.
1: She was uh, C three PO in Jedi. Yep.
0: Oh goodness gracious me! die. <laughs> <Eat your> t- <laughs>
1: Toronto, gosh,
0: Say three P <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's enough. I'm sure the Jedi. See the preview what that. is this? A Star Wars podcast? <laughs> yeah, seriously, I'm not recording that until tomorrow. Oh, you
1: want to pitch our listeners on on that too? While you're uh, at it,
0: sure. Force goes coast, coast to coast. Monthly Star Wars podcast. It's lovely. My friend Alice W. Castle. Yeah, it <laughs> is. I named it. Yes, Zach named it. Uh, <laughs> our friend Alice W. Castle is the host of it, and she does a wonderful job. And I muck it up whenever I can. nice yeah uh i thought i thought that this issue was just the right amount of a number of things it had just enough backstory to fill you into where where john has been for the last few months it had just enough of clark and lois being legitimately happy to see him But it also didn't feel like there are so many issues, especially some we've read recently, which have been a flashback issue that have just felt like it's so full of unnecessary detail and so full of just 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 bullshit that isn't necessary. And this still felt very lean and very uh, fun, despite the fact that it's basically just a flashback issue.
2: Yeah, it's a flashback, but it, it's it's important information. I like we we have been wanting to know what they have been doing since the end of Man of Steel, so yeah,
0: much appreciated flashback. Absolutely. Any notes on the Reyes slash Peterson art? Um, I thought Reyes was good as
2: always. I, um, I'm usually kind of mixed on Peterson art. It's interesting because he worked with Bendis on his, I think he was on a few issues of all new X-Men and I didn't like those issues
0: that much but i did
2: i thought that his art fit here pretty
0: well i know you weren't a huge fan of his art on titans that's also true yes
1: yeah um i i think i think reyes uh is a lot more playful here than we <laughs> when then we're used to seeing him you yeah. know
2: Mm-hmm.
1: that's one thing of note um and peterson's art was fine i think yeah i, I like him um it's good it's good clean art it doesn't do anything spectacular but like i think his art itself is not as playful as reyes is being here and i i find that strange because i've never thought of reyes as a playful artist but i think paired with the right writer we saw that a little bit in uh lemire's terrifics when he drew the first couple issues of that
0: right god i forgot he Um, drew those
1: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, when paired with the right writer, they give him an opportunity to do stuff like that, and he pulls it off. Um, So, yeah, it was nice.
0: Yeah, this is a lot of fun. This is a good sign for the rest of this arc. And, uh, yeah, this is just generally it's so nice to see the Superman books in good shape. If only the Batman books Agreed. to be there.
2: Well, it's like we can't ever have them good at the same time. It's not allowed.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that should be a Patreon project. We we, we read Sup- Superman and Batman comics concurrently until we find a time where they were both good.
0: Uh, what was going on in Batman around the New Krypton era? Uh that was that was Morrison. That's what I so thought. That that would.
2: That could arguably be it. Um, but I would argue that like the new Krypton era, it, it was good, but it wasn't
0: always It great. was really good I ideas, not always yeah. really good execution. Yeah. I would also say that uh, maybe at the start of Rebirth, the Tomasi, Gleason, Superman and the in detective were both good at the same time.
1: Oh, yeah. For sure. But, that's true. But the overall... Yeah,
0: that's a good call. But but action wasn't great, and Batman wasn't good. Yep. Yeah, and also during... Well, no. Okay, never mind.
2: I was about to state a falsehood, so
0: ignore me. <laughs> um, you're about to say was great during Batman Inc.
2: Telling um, lies, uh <laughs> I don't even remember how that goes.
1: You're so, no, Papa, I believe. No.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, let's take a break, and we'll be back in just a second with more DC3Cast.
2: Hello, podcast listener. I'm Kevin. I'm Jess. And I'm Nick. And we are Make My Multiversity. A monthly podcast discussing all things Marvel Comics.
1: Each month, we will be discussing Marvel news and looking at some of their major recent comic book or movie
2: releases. We also look at older storylines, character histories, and Marvel's place in the overall comics market. We have a variety of perspectives. The recent Marvel fan.
0: The jaded
1: longtime reader.
2: And the reader who's finally digging into Marvel's back catalog after a decade of avoidance. if You want to know what books made me cry this month? What books made me almost cry this month? And what books I wish would make me feel something. Check out Make Mine Multiversity, a Marvel podcast. The fourth Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcast, or your podcatcher of choice. And Make Mine Marvel. Multiversity. Multiversity.
0: And we are back. We're going to do our good list, okay list, and bad list, and then get into our little micro-reviews. This week, actually, no bad list, because... Uh well we're talking about some of those books that aren't quite so good, um but the good list this week uh, involves let's see here we have goddess mode number two, titans and wonder woman. Uh, I just want to say quickly I think this is by far the best wonder woman of G Willow Wilson's run so far. Hmm. Good issue. Uh the okay list featured Catwoman, Electric Warriors and the Flash. And uh no bad list this speak, so don't tell us we never liked some comics, yeah, <laughs> we liked some comics, we're,
1: we're a very positive show, come on,
0: <laughs> sex positive, uh yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, I'm so fucking tired, uh all right, so. We have a couple of short things to talk about here. We're going to talk about The Batman Who Laughs, number two, written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by Jock. Um, so I did, did we know or did we just guess that James Jr. was coming back on this? We knew that, I'm pretty sure. It was pretty cool to see Jock draw James Jr. again.
1: It's hard to remember what Scott Snyder did and didn't spoil for us. That is
0: true, yes. Um But, you know, Jock Drew, uh, Drew James Jr. back in the pre-Flashpoint, Detective Comics, The Black Mirror. For my money, still the best thing Scott Snyder's ever done. And uh, it was really cool to see that character paired up with that artist again. Um, We got a... uh, We got Batman playing... uh, harvey bullock instead of matches malone
1: <laughs> yeah that was i was actually that was confused the, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> i oh, was
1: actually, that part I, where
2: he like goes off on that cop yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. see that's that's what i really like about scott's like um earlier on in scott snyder's career at dc i feel like he was a little drier I've always liked his writing, but he's putting so much more humor and different types of humor into his stories now. Agreed. Even even a book like this that doesn't necessarily scream humor, right. you know. Yeah. And I I really appreciate that growth. To
2: keep plugging. You my didn't own... find the Joker extremely
0: funny. <laughs> uh, to keep plugging my own shit at Multiversity Comics right now. There's an interview with Scott Snyder. That I did that we actually talked about his use of humor in this book. So,
1: Man, what what don't you do?
0: I also talked with, with Robert Venditti about uh, Hawkman number eight, which is also a of Comics right now. So there we go. I had a busy week. You're a king. No, I'm just, uh, I don't know, a guy. Vince, to quote your hometown heroes, Doomtree, no kings.
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: Bangarang, um that's pretty other rappers
1: sound the same they do
0: all right uh but but, 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 what else would i say about this book either um
1: Um, i did zach you brought it up earlier and i can't remember if it was on the show or if it was in our banter the stuff about um these other it was on the show it was during the during the recording um, about the other Batmans being off in their own uh, world, and 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 that Bruce Wayne's Batman, the one that we know, is like the the biggest failure out of all of them. <laughs>
0: he basically says because... he's the least happy uh, of all the Batman, right?
1: Least happy, yeah. They, and, he... and, yeah, and I believe they the biggest failure at at achieving his goal.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Batman who laughs tells him that he is the Nightmare Batman because mm-hmm. he he's just such a failure.
1: Now, wait a minute. Is it the Nightmare Batman with a K? Oh. That of the uh famous Snyder cut? No, it's let it's, let it's not. Is it canon?
0: I, I, it's coming not. it's not. Coming in canon. Coming in sure. Coming in 2021. The Arkham Nightmare.
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's not. I wish it was. If only. If only.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I I do love seeing Jock draw Batman again. Hmm. By the way, have you guys ever seen Jock draw Batman in ten seconds?
1: No, but I bet you have.
0: No, I haven't seen it in person, but you can look it up online. I I want to say it's. In ten seconds and he it's insane. If I can find a link to it, I'll drop it in the show notes for this week. Jock Batman ten seconds. Yeah, there it is. It's great. Um anything else to say about this issue?
2: Um I was glad that batman isn't like full joker yet i i like that this whole arc i guess is going to be about him just staving that off um i thought the scene with him with all of those like syringes in him was just absolutely ridiculous (laughs) Yeah, yeah he's like full bane um but uh yeah i don't know
0: we'll see where this goes i like that this is not just the most grim, dark thing you've ever seen, it's really not, and
2: it could've been
0: yeah, and that's that's how you can tell that Snyder is getting more comfortable with with humor and with lightness in his in his work, as if this happened like in between death of the family and zero year, it would have been just the grim, dark thing,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I was talking about Justice League Dark number 7, written by James Titan IV, illustrated by Alvaro Martinez Bueno. Uh, I know Zach did not read this issue, but Vince, did you read it?
1: I did read it, yep. So
0: this issue is sort of like a faux anthology, where there are, I believe it's four different stories that take place within the issue. We get a little uh, uh, I, Vampire story. We get a little uh, Zatara story we get a uh it's sort of bookended by by a a um man bat stuff
1: and frankenstein yeah, ages yes frankenstein ages of, of shade story
0: uh it was i thought this was a pretty effective version of something i don't like i feel like <laughs> i feel like this is what we've complained about Tynion doing for a while now Which is giving us like way too much backstory and not just getting to the invasion that is the purpose of this arc, Mm -hmm. and I don't like that. But I do like all these little mini stories we got in here.
1: Yeah, I agree. I for a second there, I thought you were going to go a different way. Okay, Um, I didn't. I didn't. I thought you weren't going to like this, just by the way you were setting it Uh up. Um, no I'm glad to hear that you did I did too it's it's still wordy it's still really really wordy <laughs> Um, but I thought the anthology format broke it up really nicely and uh, just to give you a peek behind the curtain I actually read this issue in chunks because I just decided that like the I can't remember where I stopped and started again but like as he was introducing another one of the stories, I just said, you know what? It's getting late. I'm going to put this down. I'm going to pick it back up tomorrow. And the fact that it read like an anthology book made it go down a lot easier. And I liked that it was like a Tales from the Dark Side parody yeah. in that way. Uh, and I thought his choice and the way that he wrote uh, Man Bat as like the host.
0: Essentially the Chris from Tales yeah, from the Kirk, re- yeah and
1: and and really inspired yeah um uh so yeah i liked i liked it not probably not not one of my two or three most favorite issues of the week but but nice
0: and i do hope that frankenstein and andrew bennett are parts of this book going forward because mm-hmm. those are good characters
1: they- they keep getting mentioned. They were there in the first couple issues in, in that meeting of the magic yeah. people.
0: Yeah.
2: This is this is just a book I'm going to have to wait to stop waiting to the last minute to read. Um, because it just doesn't
0: read well like that. Agreed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can't scramble with this one because you'll trip over all the words.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've actually been saving the Bendis book of the week to be the last one I read usually. Because his books, mm-hmm. although he has a reputation for being wordy, I feel like his DC books are very well paced and move along pretty well. Yeah, they are very well paced. Uh, what's up next, Vince?
1: Oh, uh, I, let's see. You know, baby. Uh, oh, Red Hood. Red Hood, Outlaw. Oh man, um, why wouldn't
2: you ask me? That's my favorite book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Zach, we, we, I asked you guys if you read it and Zach, what did you say, Zach? You said I like.
2: Said, I said, of course well, I did. Yeah, said, of course you or did. Or something along those lines. Yeah.
1: So, okay, so, so b- before you pontificate on why I'm wrong and why this is the greatest book in the world. Okay. Um, I just want to, I, I say that I wanted to talk about this, not because I liked it, because I don't think I really did like it all that much, but. But it did a couple things that were noteworthy, one of which uh, establishing Jason's dad, w- Willis Todd, I believe, is his name. Uh, who,
2: who knows at this point.
1: As as this uh, multi-headed solitary character, which I believe we've seen as recently as a Red Hood and the Outlaws Annual.
0: This book had Was more that... editor's notes than any book I've read of note. And I believe that yes. it's referenced to one of those editor's notes. Yes, but even now, better what is this: a
2: Tom, uh, a, you know, Christopher Priest, <laughs>
0: exactly, <laughs> not by a long. Especially shot. because half of them refer to the same issue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we get to see Bunker again. Yeah,
0: I actually, yeah. I called that mid-issue. I was when the bricks were. Flying. Yeah, I was like, no, yeah. I was like, I was like, did Love don't bring back Bunker? That's great. I I I legitimately like that.
1: Yes, me too. I I that was the one moment in this comic that I was like, yes, this is a. I'm so glad Bunker is back in some form. Hopefully, this isn't just like a tease. Hopefully, he comes back oh, in man. some capacity. Wouldn't it,
2: wouldn't it be great if he like joined the Outsiders? Sure, not the Outsiders. Not?
1: <laughs> the, the, no, outlaws? Uh, the Outlaws. The yeah. Outlaws. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Why not?
1: All right, Zach. Tell me why you love this, though he would, well, he would one be like thing
0: was, bunker. Wait, was Was his costume like a bright purple Was that the color yeah so he would be purple him it's just red him <laughs> red her and purple him that's
2: right purple. yeah yeah
0: sorry go ahead very good
2: um no i so i like that um we got our first i think this is the first time we've seen bizarro and artemis in a while it is Um, they're off doing something in this other universe um which like okay so the you mentioned the brick thing this threw me off because i was getting the impression in this issue that they are like in this prison but in an alternate version of it i had
0: the same thought at first
2: um because it talks about like he sees the axe yeah uh the like the, the door that's been ripped open by the axe and then we see them in this alternate reality and I'm like, okay, well, is is what they're doing in this world affecting what's in the real world or, you know, what's going on here? And then I thought maybe the bricks were a part of that, but I, I don't really know what's going on here, but I, I'm glad that Lobdell has not forgotten about them. I knew that he hadn't. It's just been a little while since we've seen them. Um, but that was nice. I thought... I don't know. I really like kind of like the stuff with Jason, like kind of um like everything he's doing is sort of like in memory of Roy here, which I thought was really nice. Um, I thought all of that was handled really well. I'm down for this like mystery wingman. Um uh, yeah, I still I still think this book is good. It's not as good as it was when like Bizarro was smart and all of that was going on. But it's definitely better, I think, even than it was like early on in the book. Like, I, you know, I think I didn't really start liking the book until after that weird Artemis arc.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um,
2: I still think this is better than all of that was. Um...
1: Yeah, no, I, still I guess I can issue. agree with
0: that. This is better than, it's better than the plot would let you believe it is. Yeah. I'm not saying that's great. I still feel like the dialogue is
2: pretty good. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's like the best thing at DC. It's not Deathstroke. Although it's probably in the top 10.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're
1: almost due for another one of those. We're going to have to do another live show where we work that out.
0: Um, well, let's get to our last book of the week, which is Supergirl number 26, written by Mark Andrejko, illustrated by the returning champion Kevin Maguire. And, uh, this book brought back Tom King's Omega Man, guys. It did, but
2: it also brought back a lot of other Omega Man. I guess these are Omega Man characters that he didn't use. Right.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and you you know what it felt like to me It, it reminded me of like how anytime when marvel went back to like the classic uh guardians of the galaxy characters after um i guess really after like the guardians of the galaxy film came out and like ben just took over the book and you kind of had those like core members and then anytime any of the like tangential or not tangential but like
1: like the More Abnett and Lanning
2: characters. Yeah, yeah, the Abnett and Lanning characters. Anytime they would show up, you would be like, "Oh, how, how quirky and and <laughs> and weird of them to bring back these, these, yeah. these obscure characters." Right. That's what this felt like.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yep.
2: Yep. Yep. Also, I did not did, – did Tom King – I'm going to end up talking more about Tom King's Omega Man than this actual comic, but did he ever actually reference uh, Tigor being a shapeshifter? Is that a, is that a thing? Uh, or Primus being telekinetic and telepathic? I don't remember that either.
1: I'm fairly certain that was.
0: I just remember Primus' name was Mud. That's a Primus the Band joke. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, I'm going to whack you upside the head with aluminum baseball bat, Brian. There we go.
1: The Cranium. Sorry. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I don't remember.
0: So, I, so know, little lo- so short of, short of, of King's Run was about the powers, right? Right. Yeah, it well, was. Sorry, Vince. Short
1: of, short of going back and spoiling the mystique of me still thinking Tom King's Omega Man is good. Uh I I guess we'll never
2: know. We need to do that one day.
1: Oh <laughs> boy. Ooh, that could be the ultimate uh DC3 cast game of chicken, I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right.
1: You know, like like do do we do this? Do we go back and read it and reevaluate what we think of it after what we think about like 75% of Tom King comics now. I don't know. I don't know. I'm dad. a little
0: scared. I'm a little scared too. Not as scared as if I was writing the Joker. <laughs> as the Tom King Twitter joke. But yeah. <laughs>
1: yep. Sometimes I I do uh, say the voices out loud and
0: yeah. Oh boy. Anyway, uh, Supergirl. So it's great to see Kevin McGuire back in the book. He's the best. I like how his Primus has uh, almost a mullet. yeah
2: these characters do feel a lot more pulpy in this which i enjoy
0: yeah
1: you mean they feel like actual uh part of dc history rather than um characters that were uh, utilized for
2: some what ego, I'm saying uh, is, that,
1: writer's uh, purpose.
2: <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, the this is like if we went back to the original Charlton characters as opposed to, um, the the Tom more King's mature Watchmen watchman take that was yes. Tom King, so Mega Man. Yes. Oh gosh, which we're, of, we're so far.
0: Like, <laughs> which of these characters did Tom King make impotent? Oh geez. Um, probably
2: probably Tigor, Tigor. <laughs> Tigor's dick don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Uh. this was this was this was good. I enjoyed this issue a lot.
2: This was good. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. It wasn't my favorite issue of the series so far, but it it was good.
1: Um, that Kevin Maguire art is pretty gorgeous. When when uh Supergirl's getting uh all telekinesis by by Primus. Uh huh. That one, that's a really nice page. Love the coloring on that. Very psychedelic.
0: I also love the way that looks like a fish poster. <laughs> I love the way how Maguire draws uh crypto as well.
1: Yes. It's a good doggo.
0: Well, folks they might do it for us. This is uh a pretty economical episode by our standards um yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, we had the excesses of last week with all of those <laughs> two good books and this this week was a little bit a little bit leaner but enjoyable.
1: Next week's got some bangers Why don't you Tell us about them yeah, all right uh American Carnage. Number three. That's a winner. Yep. Aquaman number forty four. Ooh. That's a potential winner. Batman sixty-three. Mm. Then we got cover, curse of brimstone, damage, freedom fighters number two. Justice League number sixteen. Uh Lucifer four. Probably none of us will read that. <laughs> uh Naomi number one. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yep. Oh
2: yeah. excited for that. Okay.
1: Pearl number six, Shazam number two. Ooh. Interesting. Side,
2: okay.
1: yeah Sideways. That Shazam's coming out, right? It was delayed to to, now, to yes, that. Yes. Week, right? To now, yeah. Because that's like a Christmas issue or something. Yeah. It is. Um. Uh. Sideways
0: number twelve. Wait, did you Teen say? Titans. Did you say sideways damage and uh brimstone? Burnstone.
1: Oh, you you bet I did, baby. <sighs> <laughs> um teen titans 26 and the Wildstorm number 19 there we go baby Ooh, yeah bang, okay. banger of a week i think
0: banger ring until then you can find two-thirds of us on twitter i am at brian is an app i'm at wilker fox if you need to get in touch with vince he is
1: i'm enjoying over 300 burgers
2: <laughs> as we speak
0: i was gonna say Uh, He is investigating the hope symbol on somebody's chest in a crowded area (laughs) right now. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, Does does that mean hope? Uh, (laughs) Let me get a better look at that, actually. No, no. What does hope taste like?
1: Oh, come on. Oh, Brian. Brian.
0: Until next time, have a good one, guys. Well, Vince, you want it to be done by 11. It is 11 on the nose. I appreciate
1: getting this done so that I can go and rest my... Are you my...
0: trying to pencil in some nookie? <laughs>